You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We would like to give a big thanks to AJR6565 for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, Blasco? What a week. What a weekend. Uh, Yeah. Pleasure to be back in the hot seat with you discussing these relevant topics. I was at Launch Music Conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania last weekend, and great time. Uh, as always, ran into a lot of a lot of good people in the industry and a lot of great aspiring bands. And the nice thing to know is uh, many of them had positive things to say about what we're doing here. So made me feel That's good. Awesome. Yeah, made me feel good and excited to dig into another episode. Very cool. In the last episode, we chatted about increasing your Spotify streams. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. One of our loyal listeners, Corey, wrote in and said, Thanks a ton for the Spotify episodes on Managemental. My band has jumped on Spotify playlisting since your episode 32 tips, and it's working great. We've been able to hit Discover Weekly and directly gain fans from that. Many thanks to you and Mike. Just wanted to mention that we have also been sending merch to our top streaming playlist owners. Many of them were blown away by this simple and pretty inexpensive thank you gesture, gaining us extra songs on playlists. So there you go, people. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. And yeah, Spotify was a hot topic at um, launch and... Yeah, glad to glad to know that we're able to make an impact. Nice work for sure. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at Rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get fifteen percent off your entire order. Yeah, boy, that's a great company that's been supportive of our entire network as well as our show. So don't hesitate to head over there. They got 500,000 plus items across many, many genres. So I'm sure there's something for everyone. Uh, and 15% off ain't too shabby. So PC Jabberjaw for 15% off at Rockabilia.com. Today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at Bandzoogle.com where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code MENTAL to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. 
Yeah, we were involved on the record label laying out, you know, the artwork for a band's upcoming album, and they were asking whether they should put, you know, all of their Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and inevitably I said, dude, we just gotta get a website. And so it turned into this conversation of, okay, how can we build one? And I, <laughs> I said, look, you know, Bandzoogle's got a really easy solution in order for us to make this work, so... I sent them over there, and we got a website up in minutes. And you know, as we've mentioned, Bandzoogle is artist-owned and artist-operated, and again, just supportive of what we're doing here. So uh, we've used it. Hopefully, if you're in need, you guys can use it too. So Bandzoogle.com, mental for 15% off. This week, we talk about how to properly submit your music to a record label. This is going to be killer. So let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine recently, and he's been kicking around for a while, been in bands, but over the course of time has, you know, built up somewhat of a following like he's got a social media presence that's legitimate right and he was like and he and he makes his own you know he's been signed to labels in the past and but you know now he kind of he makes his own music and he's done the pledge music thing before and he was like hey like can you help me shop you know for a label deal and i'm like well, why do you want one? You know, like what, like you, you have a, you have a following, you have a base that you can cater to. You can, now we're living in the world where you can make your own records. You can put out your own records. You know, it can all be self-contained and you can make all the money and not have a bunch of people taking bites at the apple. Why do you want to do that? And he says, because having a label makes me feel more validated in in that someone else believes in my music as much as I do. And I thought that was interesting. So that was kind of the inspiration behind uh, today's episode. Yeah, um, and that's not uncommon. You know, I, I see a lot of bands, you know, same thing on the management side, right? They want yeah. someone there, not necessarily because they're going to be able to immediately make an impact, you know, but yeah, they, they do. They just want to feel validated. Um, yeah. Crazy. So I found, I found this uh, guest post on Hypebot by uh, Bobby Owinski, and it was called Eight Label Submission Tips for Saving You Time and Frustration. So uh, let's get into it. Um, Even though most artists are doing so much for themselves these days, many would still prefer to be connected with the label to relieve at least some of the burden of the business that doesn't involve creation. Submitting your works to a label can be tricky, though, and unless you're careful, can result in rejection before you even get started. Here's a list of eight tips to help with your next submission. Number one. Real real quick, though. I mean, this is a really good intro because there is a lot of quote-unquote burden or rather work that goes along with, you know, once the creative process and really even on a label side – you know, or or even management side, the A and R role. You know, it's having other people involved even during that creative process. So, I respect you know, and I know you and I talk a lot about you know, you can do everything yourselves and not include people in that cut of the revenues you're generating. But it is helpful 
you know, to have somebody there, especially experienced people that can guide you through the best ways to, you know, market and, and, you know, support your release. So, yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've always said you pay extra for convenience. So it, it maybe it's a matter of just balancing out the, the, the work that you do and the time that you put in to doing that. Maybe it is worth having offloading some of that workload to someone else. And if it's, you know, if, if it's worth what you're giving up, then, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's logical for you, you know? Um, anyway, number one, there's no such thing as a demo. Label people have extremely high standards as they're used to consistently hearing great material. So make sure the music you submit is as good as you can make it. Yeah, in this day and age, I mean, there's almost no reason why you can't have something that's, you know, sounds great. That said, I mean, I'm used to listening to things that are rough mixed or, you know, absolutely pre-mastered. But, you know, again, there's somebody out there, friends or many people in bands have the the tools to, to have things that sound great. So I would agree. There, there's really no excuse to to submit anything less than that. It really does come down to first impression, though, right, Mike? I mean, like, like band guys are very excited about their music, right? They've made it. They're hearing it back for the first time. They're very excited about it. They can see through the forest, right? They, they know the end result, but someone like a label or someone like, you know, me, you, whatever, we necessarily can't see what the end goal of that vision is. So it's a little premature to send to people that can have a say in your career whenever it's pre-mix, whenever it's pre-master, whenever it's like not quite there yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like be patient and don't put the cart before the horse. Don't get so excited that you're thinking that these people can share your vision they yeah. can't no that's a that's a really good point and i guess sometimes i'm used to listening to to pre-mix stuff from you know artists that i'm already working with my only aside here is you know to me a great song that's recorded you know in an acceptable fashion is better than a bad song that's recorded in a a, a great fashion so yeah interesting know, yeah yeah uh number two Make each submission note label specific. In other words, don't send a generic submission note to multiple labels at the same time. This will probably result in a pass before anyone even listens to what you have to offer. Yeah, I mean, this goes for almost any, you know, uh, broader outreach that you're doing, especially when people don't really know who you are. Uh, Take the time to, yeah, to, to make it personal to get the name right, to get, you know, the details right in your submission email. Uh, I absolutely agree with this. Yeah, look, we've talked about this before, and uh, this is a true statement, and I hate this. Whenever I get submissions that are just copy and pasted, and you don't spend the extra time to find out exactly who it is you're reaching out to, potentially maybe know a little bit about them, make a connection. If you're just copy and pasting and sending to a bunch of managers and labels and publicists, et cetera, like 
we'll just delete it. Like we, we know that you're just throwing it out there and that you, do, you didn't care to spend in the extra effort. Therefore, why should I? Like, I, like you need me more than I need you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well put. Uh, number three, don't submit blindly. Try to find a name of someone at the label that you can send your submission to. Send to only that person and don't copy to other people at the label unless you have friends there. Sending to a general label email will usually result in no one paying attention to your submission. Yeah, and you know, I've talked a lot about, you know, trying to find an actual way to get introduced, you know, to people at the label. You know, uh, if you know a band that's already signed there or if you've got a connection in the industry that knows somebody there, you know, take the time to try to get a personal introduction. So, you know, you, you've already got, you know, the door open a little bit and you can come in and, and push it wide open with your great material. Yep. Number four, don't attach an MP3 file. Not only do label execs hate this, everyone hates it. Also, many email accounts and ISPs are now configured to reject an email with a large attached file, so your submission won't even get to the person to begin with. If your music is on Spotify, send the link. Otherwise, it's best to get a SoundCloud or similar streaming account that will host your music where you can send the person to listen. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one because I find everybody's you know, particular habits differ a little bit. Um, you know, with many people on their mobile devices, sometimes it is easy to just have an attached MP3 that you can pull up and, and play there. I find some people really want a YouTube link with a good video. Um, obviously if your stuff is on Spotify, that's a common way that people are listening. But I think this one's tricky, um, just because I have found, you know, even amongst the team that I've assembled, we all have different preferences for how we listen to music. What's what's your take on this one? I prefer a YouTube link to an actual video, not a lyric video, not your song streaming on YouTube. I prefer a YouTube because to me that says, that gives me the complete picture. That tells me everything that I want to know. It tells me that you've put an effort and a budget into making a video, which makes me think that you believe in you've invested enough in your music to pull favors or borrow money or whatever it was to make a video, a music video. I don't care how good the music video is. The fact that it exists is good enough for me, right? But then it also tells me everything else. How many subscribers does your channel have? How many people have watched it? How many people have given it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Like what kind of engagement is going on? How, how interactive are you with the fans? How well have you done in, prom in promoting it? Are, is there annotations on there? And you know, how well are you interacting with the YouTube platform and, and, and promoting it, right? So, so that in a snapshot tells me everything and then I can hear the music and see what the band looks like and see how they potentially are going to be in a live situation if it's a performance video or maybe or how creative they are maybe there's some storyline or there's a way to where they stretched out the budget like you know what I mean it, it, it really paints a very big clear picture for me yeah I, I would agree I was actually on the phone with a guy at a label yesterday and a developing artist and he had gone in and really did a deep dive on the couple of videos that the artist had up and it, it like you're saying it gave him that full picture you know 
almost anyone can make something sound great nowadays for relatively inexpensive costs, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's like everybody's got these tools. And so all of us are looking for more than just a great sounding song because that's what it takes to actually promote and sell a great sounding song. So I think you're right. I think that having, you know, I thought it was interesting that you said it doesn't even have to be a great video. You just want to see that they put forward the effort to do it. And what, you know, going back to like your bid on patience, you know, from the first um, point where we were talking about, you know, not submitting, you know, rough demos. It's like, yeah, you know, if you haven't gotten to the point where you've got these assets together, then you're not ready to shop. Just because you have one great song doesn't mean that you're ready for, you know, a career in the music biz. You've got to develop all of these other things, touring, socials videos what have you so great point yep number five attach a link to a specific song to at most if the label person finds it interesting he or she will ask for more if you send someone to a page with your entire music catalog chances are good that they'll choose a song that might not represent you best worst case They'll give up and move on. Yeah, it's it's funny. At this launch music conference, they have a panel called Can You Handle the Truth? And people actually submit their music and they can do it via video and they also submit their socials and the panelists go through and kind of make comments and critique it. And it was really funny because some people didn't submit like their best song or their most popular song. And it was just so curious to me, like, why they wouldn't lead, you know, with their absolute best foot forward. And in talking to them, you know, they said, oh, well, this other song shows a little bit more of our diversity or whatever it may have been. And so I just had to chuckle. It's like sometimes artists outthink themselves. You know, it's pretty simple. If you've got a song that everybody tells you is great or you've got a handful of songs that, you know, you've put out and one of them is clearly the front runner. That's the one that you should send. So I, I can't yeah. agree with this point more. Yeah, if somebody sends me you know, a link to a Spotify with 10 songs, I'm just going to move on. I'm already lost. I don't know where to start, and I don't have time to figure out where to start. Yeah, look, potentially the disconnect is that you know these artists don't understand the way that we think and how we, how we process information and how our time is valuable and like – once again, like I was saying earlier, it's like I understand, like as a musician, I understand that your music is like part of your DNA. It's your fabric. It's your it's your it's your child. Right. Like it's you're so passionate about it and you hold everything very closely to you. And you think that everything that you've done is really great and it's really kind of hard to separate. How do you pick your favorite kid? Right. And. But, uh, you know, I feel like in these situations, you kind of got to remove yourself from that guy as hard as that is. And maybe even ask a, a friend or a, a relative or what, your neighbor, whoever, ask someone that's uh, that's more like impartial to your music that can kind of give you an opinion of what they think is your strongest song or, you know, ask a fan or, you know, whatever, like if you don't already know, if you haven't put it out there, but by and large, yes. No, totally. Pick your I mean, best thing and submit 
to someone. Don't think that we've got all the time in the world that we're, we're going to go on your full album's worth of journey to get to the end result. And we're going to think it's as awesome as you think it is. It's just, we just, it's from the business side, understand that we just don't have that kind of time to invest. Yeah. And that's the value of what we do here is we're trying to give people that insight. You know, again, I have an artist who we were working on some artwork for their upcoming EP yesterday. And, you know, I'm in the middle of four other things while the designer is sending comps and the guitar player is blowing me up saying, well, we need to finish this. And I'm like, well, what do we need to finish it for? It's not like the EP is coming out tonight, right? Give me a minute to get in a place where I can have my undivided attention on it. And that isn't right this second. So as you know, that's just a really good point, Blasco, is that, you know, not we're not trying to sit here and say we're oh so important because we have so many things going on it's just the nature of this business there's a lot to handle there's a lot to deal with and so if you make it easier for us and your point on getting an unbiased or unemotionally attached opinion on the music is great i was thinking when you said you know get a friend or a family member i'm like dude why don't you just walk out to the Seven Eleven and just get some random person's take, right? <laughs> or <laughs> like, that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, again, I think these are all such great insights. So one, one song or two at the most. At yep. Um, number six, don't pester the label person on social media, especially with direct messages. It's okay to follow the person and it's great to engage with their posts, but don't expect any personal interaction to be greeted with open arms unless invited. Just stay cool, don't act desperate, and if the exec is interested, he or she will reach out. People use all these platforms in in such different ways. Some people are open to, you know, getting contacted on their socials. You know, oftentimes you know, if somebody hits me up there, I try to give them my email address and have them send it to me that way. But I just think the overall point of not pestering is a really good one. You know, there's a, a balance of, of how to send things and then when to follow up, you know, and how, how soon to follow up and how frequently to follow up and how to take a, a response of, of, you know, or sorry, no response as an indicator that they're just not interested. Yep. Number seven. A referral is still the best entrance. People trust other people they know, which is why you'll probably get an immediate listen if the referral comes from an attorney or manager, an artist already on the label, or someone who does business with that label. Yeah, this is what I was alluding to earlier on number three with the don't submit blindly. Um this is absolutely, you know, the best practice is trying to find uh, an in with the person that you're trying to contact. Um, I know for a fact that when things come from a reliable source into me, I'm 50 times more likely to give it some attention. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, this is like almost anything, even just getting a job in general, like you know, like a blind resume versus knowing someone that can connect you is generally how that goes down, at least from my observation, you know? Yeah. I I just want to make another interesting aside here from, you know, actual experience. I wanted to to find a manager of a particular artist and and I know the A&R guy. So I asked him who it was 
um, and and asked him for the contact info, sort of hoping that he would give me, you know, an intro email. Instead, all he did was sent me the gentleman's email and said, tell him I sent you. And I've done that, and it's been over a week, and I haven't gotten a response. And I guarantee, had I, you know, taken that step back and said, hey, really, can you send an intro email on my behalf? I bet I would have already gotten a response. So I agree with anything that you do. If you can get that personal touch, you know, for somebody uh, to get you in the door, it's it's just such a better way to go about it. So put on your label guy hat and let's run a real quick hypothetical. Mike from Darkest Hour hits you up and is like, Mike, I got this band. You got to check them out. I ran into them at so-and-so place. I think it would be great for the label. What is it exactly that you would be, what were your, what would be your expectations for that band that he was going to send you? Man, that's a really good question. Um, and this has happened before, not necessarily on the label side, but on the management side. You know, and, and the nice thing is about an artist uh, like that is typically, you know, when they're finding them, especially in the in the touring sphere, you know, they've made an impression in the live uh, capacity, which is always something that, you know, carries bands much further than, you know, if, if you know, they can't play live. So, yeah, I mean, my expectations would be that they're doing something unique, something a little bit different. You know, Mike's a very personable guy and has probably had a personal interaction with them at the show. And then, yeah, is excited about their music and excited about their live show. So uh, I would absolutely give it consideration. It's funny because their tour manager, their longtime tour manager, this guy named Tito, has brought me a number of artists over the years. And on, on one of the recent tours, he texted me from the UK and was like, dude, you got to check out this band. And it's funny, by the time I went and checked them out, I realized that they had already been signed and already had management. So, um, you know, he just didn't, he wasn't aware of that because he hadn't done that research. But yeah, I think for me, when one of those artists that's out there and has that experience, I'm going to have really high hopes for, for what, what I'm looking at. Nice. Um, number eight, don't take rejection personally. There have been too many artists to count that have been passed over multiple times that have gone on to be legends. Rejection isn't necessarily a comment on your music. The timing might be wrong. You might not fit in the label's plans. You might sound too similar to someone already on the label. They might not have the budget for another act right now, or any of dozens of other reasons might come into play. Keep writing and recording and keep sending those submissions. The key is to remain persistent. It's funny. With every one of these, I've got a recent story. And so, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm involved with a lot of artists, both on the management and label side. And, and so I guess that allows me to have a lot of stories. But <clears throat> I was, I've got an artist that I'm managing, that I'm, I'm shopping some new material for. And we, we ended up on a call with a label owner. And it turns out that the band had, had submitted to the label a few years prior and someone in the office had actually gotten excited about it and sent it to the owner. So he's looking through his emails and lo and behold finds that he'd gotten an email about it. And of course, you know, 
He realized that at the time that it came in, he was in the middle of like 15 other things, never got a chance to check it out. So I think this is a, a perfect example of what this is saying, which is just the timing wasn't right at that time. And now this label owner is super excited about the stuff and the band is further developed. So they're probably in a better position to, to, to get a deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, whether it's that specific story or something else, I find, you know, young artists do sometimes take things a little bit too personally and it makes sense, right? Like you said, they're super involved, they're super invested, they're emotionally attached to what they're creating, but you've got to be able to take a step back and do understand that nobody's trying to ruin your day. They're just trying to, you know, get through this crazy thing called the music biz. Look, I, I, I think like use it as motivation to prove us all wrong. You know, um, I've certainly been there before, you know, of like, I, I believe in this art. Like I, I remember shopping an artist that is actually now a very hugely successful artist. And I remember shopping them and getting rejection letters from, you know, the, from labels or whatever. And I shove that in those dudes' faces now whenever I see them or talk to them. And recently uh, I was on an email chain with one of them and I go, hey, yeah, remember that? Remember how you passed on that? And he's like, oh, well, you know, fucking I can't be right all the time or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? So I think like don't don't take rejection as like a ding in the armor, like that something's flawed. I think he brings up a lot of good points here where it's like, you know, maybe it's just not a good fit and it's not just because it's a management company or a record label and we manage or sign heavy metal bands and you're a heavy metal band. That doesn't mean necessarily that it's a match made in heaven. Um, so, so I, I, I think that like use it as motivation to just keep going, and like that's that's has a lot of lot of it too, man. It's like persistence is like if you've endured and you haven't let this set you back, and you're like, well, okay, great. Like, I mean, think Mike, think where we would be without SST Records or Discord Records. Like, you know what I mean? Those guys, or even that, or even Ozfest. Think where we would be. Ozfest happened because. Lollapalooza rejected Ozzy Osbourne as a performer. So they created Ozfest and and think of what we got from that, you know, system of a down slipknot, you know, you name it or whatever. So it's like don't let don't let what someone else says to as a rejection to to hinder your your motivation and your progress. We've got a lot of great music out of you know stuff like that that didn't require someone else to help them. No, I mean, look, that's an amazing point, um, it, and I absolutely agree with it. It's like, if you believe in yourself, don't let anybody who says no, for whatever reason they say no, stand in your way. If they've got good constructive criticism, you absolutely should consider it. But if you believe in what you're doing, you know, and you're getting some sort of feedback from the masses, from the general public that you're trying to reach that you know what you're doing is great yep you just got to keep at it use that as motivation keep your eyes on the prize of what you're trying to do with your career well said well that concludes episode 65 thank you for tuning in we will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. 
We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Thanks for digging this one up. Uh, We cover a lot of the things that you need to be prepared to shop to a label in our Outer Loop Coaching course, 60 Days to Signable. So head over to OuterLoopCoaching.com, get the free ebook, and be aware for when that course goes on sale. Once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And once again, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a rating and review. You might just get a shout out from Mr. Blasco on our next episode. Last but not least, our great sponsors, Rockabilia.com and BandZoogle.com. PC Jabberjaw gets you 15% off at Rockabilia. And mental is the code for 15% off at BandZoogle. Thanks a lot, Blasco. Thanks, everybody. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.